Good morning, church. This morning's reading is taken from Matthew 1, and it's verses 18 to 25. Now the birth of Jesus took place in this way. When his mother Mary had, had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save the people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Shall we pray? Father God, we want to thank you and praise you this morning that we can come together as a body of believers to, to worship you, to praise your name, and to listen to your word. We thank you for this passage this morning, such a familiar passage to, to so many of us, Father God. But may you just remind us of its significance, remind us of who you are and what you have done for us, Lord Jesus. We thank you for that. And as we go into this, this Christmas season, as we celebrate and, and enjoy time with family and friends, may we celebrate with you, our Lord Jesus coming to this earth as a baby. We thank you for that. Father God, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the love that, that is amongst each one of us. We just pray for your, your guidance over this service, your blessing over this service. We think of those who are not with us. We ask for your special blessing over them in that whatever needs that they have, that you would meet them. We just pray for our island at this time too, that you would give wisdom to the, those in leadership and that you would take us through this, this, this COVID time, especially, Father God. And Father God, may you continue to keep us safe and guide us. We just pray that you would, you would bless the, the upcoming services, the Christmas Eve service, that, that many people who, who don't normally come into church, that they would, that they would come, that they would hear the truth and the truth about you and what you have done for them. We lift up Pastor Paul as he brings your word to us this morning. May you speak through him in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Great to see you here this morning and good to have you upstairs as well. Those of you who are in the auditorium and online, uh, thank you so much for, for being a part of, of our worship today of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's time for our children to make their way up to, to their designated areas. I hope you have a wonderful time up in, in your part uh, for today. Darren, you're right, this is a familiar passage, isn't it? And what do we do with familiar things? We often, we often don't think about them very much. Uh, we we kind of just gloss over them. Uh, it's a little different than the genealogy. This is something, you know, because we don't really memorize those or have a good idea of where those go. But here, th we really have a good idea of, of this because it's so familiar. And, and so hopefully as we look at this this morning, we'll be able to get a, a fresh look. 
As I said last week, we looked at the rogue lineage of Jesus, and, and now we move into the rough start of his parents. It's, it's really a rough start for, for a marriage and a birth. And if we're honest, none of us would pick this path for ourselves because we don't like difficult, right? We like easy. But this is God's way. This is the way that God chose for both Mary and Joseph and the birth of his son. And, and this helps us through our difficult, right? Because we can see that God can relate to us. This is the way the birth of Jesus Christ took place, just like how Matthew says in that first verse of our text this morning, verse 18. Let me read it to you. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. So Mary was the one God chose to carry the king to full term. And, you know, we don't, we don't get as much about Mary in Matthew's gospel. We get more about her in Luke's gospel. But what we do know here is that she was betrothed to Joseph. So to be betrothed is to enter into a contract to be married. But it's, it's more binding than our present-day engagement period. It, it, was, it was agreed upon by the associated families, right, by the parents of, of, of you know, the uh, bride and groom-to-be. It was, there was a price put down as well to, to show its, its seriousness, that they were moving forward in that direction. And it was entered into before witnesses to show its legality. Okay, we, we, don't, we don't have all that with engagements, present-day engagements. And so that's why it could only be broken by a formal process of divorce. And we'll see more on that in a minute. So this means that you know, Mary's not a, a widow you know, marrying again. She, she's, she's of marital age. And that puts her between the ages of 12 to 16. It's pretty young, right? But this, this is a different time, different culture. Now, couple that with the visit she had with an angel. Matthew doesn't record it, but Luke does. Where she finds out that she would become pregnant without a man. Her first response is confusion. Right? She, she doesn't understand how this could happen. And the angel explains to her the same, the same thing that he does to Joseph in, in this text, in Matthew's Gospel. Mary's next response after confusion is obedience. It's found in, in Luke 1.38. Behold, she says, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And then the angel departed. But what is not seen is what must have been going on in Mary's mind. What was she thinking? But we can kind of guess because we can, we can put ourselves in her shoes because unlike other beliefs, you know, Mary is an ordinary person, just, just like you and me. 
And, and we can feel what she must have felt because we can put ourselves in that, in that situation. And, and we can kind of understand what she probably thought. She most likely was thinking, what's Joseph going to think? What is Joseph going to think? You know that's running around in her head. Will, will he believe me? Will he reject me? Even if Joseph does believe me, what about everybody else? What's everybody else going to say? What, 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 what's what's going to be the word that travels around because of this? Mary was also told by the angel about her barren relative Elizabeth, who was now six months pregnant. Right? Unable to have children before, now in her old age, six months pregnant. And so with all this weightiness on, on Mary, she leaves to go and see Elizabeth and stays with her for, for three months. I think she just needed to be with someone who, who she thought would believe her. Right? Here, here's here's my, my formerly barren uh, relative, now with child, and, and the angel tells me about that, so that's, that's got to be a miraculous thing. And, and so I'm going to go to the one who, who maybe is going to hear my story for the first time and go, I believe you. As she heads back, as Mary heads back after visiting Elizabeth, she, she's encouraged. She's encouraged because, because Elizabeth does believe her. In fact, the, the baby that she's carrying, John the Baptist, leaps for joy when Mary first appears. And, and so, so she's greatly encouraged. But as she walks back, I can't help but wonder if she, she looks down at her womb, possibly showing at this point, and again begins to wonder what will happen with, when her husband-to-be sees her. This is tough. Right? This is tough. Tough for a young girl. How does she get through this? Well, she strives to put the focus on God. Luke 146 says this, Mary says, my soul magnifies the Lord. Not herself, the Lord. Right? When difficulties often arise, when, when difficult situations come up, we tend to become me-focused, which is the opposite of what we truly need. We don't need to magnify us because that just makes our problems seem even bigger. Right? Hence the word magnify. Instead, we, we magnify God. And that's, that's not to make him look bigger. He is big. It's to remember that he is bigger than all of our problems. Let's look to Joseph now. Verses 19 to 21 says this. And the husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as, she considered, but as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, 
Do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So Joseph finds out. We don't know if Mary tells him, or if he just notices, or if, if the grapevine did its work. We're just told she was found to be, or proved to be, with child. That's, that's all we know. Verse 20 tells us Joseph's considering these things. As he considered these things, it says. Doesn't sound like he's having a conversation with Mary here. It sounds more like a chat with himself before the big conversation with Mary about being found with child. We're told he, he resolved to, or, or came to a decision to divorce her privately. Now stoning someone for adultery was no longer practiced in the first century, but publicly shaming someone was, and Joseph did not want to do this to Mary. We're told that he goes this route because he was a just or, or upright man. He obviously cares for Mary and is, is heartbroken. But we're told that while he's considering this, having made up his mind for, for a, a quiet divorce, an angel appears to him in a dream and reiterates all that was told to Mary concerning the child. God is right on time. God's right on time. Sometimes we, we question God's timing, don't we? But the timing of God is more a matter of, of trust. If we, if we trust God, then we can trust when and how he acts. Notice what the angel first says to Joseph, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. So Joseph was obviously fearful, right? hence the angel's words. He was fearful to take Mary as his wife because this, this went against the religious cultural norms of the, of the Jewish people. The path forward that the angel says to take is, is a fearful one, filled with filled with gossip and slander. But God comforts Joseph to move forward. Part of the comfort is knowing what he is privileged to be a part of. Verse 21, she will bear a son and you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sin. The name Jesus is, is the Greek form of the Hebrew name Joshua, which means the Lord saves. Right? That's, that's why the explanation is there, for he will save his people from their sins. The big focus for the Jews was, was actually not being saved from sin, but being saved from Rome, who was over them. Here we see Jesus solving a bigger problem than Rome, sin. 
This, this reminded me of Jesus' reaction with the paralytic whose friends brought him to Jesus on his, on his bed or mat. Upon seeing the faith of, of this man and, and his friends, he tells the paralytic, Take heart, son. Your sins are forgiven. From, from our standpoint, this, this man's paralysis is the biggest problem. But from God's standpoint, it's sin. Sin is the biggest problem because it's our sin that separates us from God and condemns us. If we can be saved from our sin, then we have much to rejoice about in Christ Jesus. And in Christ Jesus, we can be saved from our sins and united with God forever. Joseph, as the legal father, had the duty of circumcising this baby on the eighth day. And this is when the child would be named in this culture. And he would have said, he will be called Jesus. Just, just think of the meaning that would have been as he said those words, knowing that they were the words from the messenger of God himself. I can just picture how confidently he would have said his name for the first time publicly, knowing that both he and Mary were instructed to do so. I, I, want, I wonder how they compared angelic visitations. I wonder how that went down. Hey Mary, the, the angel in my dream gave me the name of our son. Really? He, he gave me the name too. What, what was it? Well, you say yours first. How about it we both say, say it together at the same time? One, two, three, Jesus. I mean, that would have just blown their minds, right? It's one thing to have the angelic visitation, but then to have it confirmed because it happened to two people, the same thing. Again, God is going before this couple for their, for their difficult time, for their, for their tough start. Again, what confidence they would have had despite the difficulty to move forward. Let's, let's look at that Old Testament passage that Matthew quotes now, or, or possibly, possibly the angel quoted this to Joseph in the dream. Verses 22 and 23. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. This is quoted from Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. It's really easy to remember that, that reference, you know, 7 doubled is 14, right? That's, it helps me anyway. Maybe it doesn't help you. But this shows us that God was planning this from the start. We, we, see, we actually see it before Isaiah. We see it back in Genesis 3.15. 
and God continues to show his plan through the pages of the Bible. God was not surprising the world with the virgin conceiving and bearing a son. He said it was going to happen, and it did. It's interesting that, that the Bible is, is filled with stories of, of childless women whose wombs were opened by God, but nowhere else, nowhere else does God open a womb without the assistance of a man until now. That is because this child would be unlike any of those other children born, as special as they were. What is really important here is the last part. And they shall call his name Emmanuel. Now, now you might be saying, I, I thought the angel just said he was to be called Jesus. It's like Emmanuel, his middle name, his nickname. No, you know, yes, Jesus would be his name. Emmanuel is more his, his title or his description. We know Emmanuel is important because Matthew defines it for us. He defines its meaning, God with us. That, that really tells us a lot about Jesus. Two, two important things. First, it tells us that Jesus is simply, yet profoundly, God. He, he is not like every other person. He is conceived and born miraculously. Remember I mentioned how Jesus forgave the, the paralytic his sins? He, he could only do that because he is God. Only God can forgive sins because sin is ultimately against God. This is pivotal for us and our salvation. Only God born of a man could, only, only God born as a man could provide the perfect sacrifice for our sins. See, we need someone to stand in our place as a condemned sinner. That's because that's what we are. And Jesus willingly does that on the cross. And all who believe and receive his verdict before the Father of not guilty obtain that. It's crucial for us to be saved from our sins. The second thing this tells us about Jesus is that, that with, his, with his coming right, in, into Bethlehem, through the womb of Mary, God is now with us like he's never been before. In, in order for God to save us from our sins, he had to be with us. We cannot save ourselves. All other relig religions believe that we are saved through our own efforts, 
right? You just, you just have to try harder or be better or, or suffer more, and, and you can get to God. You can be saved. The reality is we cannot reach God, and this is why God had to reach us. This idea is wrapped in the description of Jesus as Emmanuel. His very identity is his nearness to us. Think, think of the people who drew near to Jesus through his life that, that's recorded. The shepherds. Right? The, the dirty shepherds out in the field. The, the pagan astrologers that come for a visit. We'll look at them next week. The tax collectors, right? the ones hated by their own people. The prostitutes. The unclean of society. The poor. The needy. They understood he came for them because they knew they could not get to God on their own. They knew it. Because society reminded them of it every day. But you know what? Neither can you. You can't get to God either, no matter how just or upright you are. Even if you're like Joseph, as he's described in that way. You know what the concept of an entourage is, right? right? It's, it's, it's a group of people surrounding someone who's important. And so if, if you're part of an entourage, you can confidently go wherever that important person goes. Perhaps that's how Joseph felt when he woke up from his sleep, where he had that dream, where the angel visited him. We're told in verses 24 and 25, when Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Joseph's fear is, is gone in going in the direction the angel directs because he knows God is with him. Right? He was a just man, a just, upright, righteous man in the culture's eyes. But now he is faced with marrying a perceived adulterous wife-to-be. He plans to go the way to preserve his justness, his upright before others. That's what's his initial plan. But he but finds that he must lose that reputation before others in order to follow God. But he is okay with that because God is with him. I, I wish we knew more about Joseph because, because God humbled him. God truly humbled this man before his culture, and, and I know God must have did, done a mighty work in his life. Joseph even goes the extra mile by, by not being intimate with his wife until she has the baby. 
perhaps just to further prove, if even to himself, that this truly was the baby God foretold, born to a virgin, Emmanuel. The word behold starts off this amazing prophecy of God with us. It's, it's a prompter of attention. It says, hey, look at this. It's, it's used here when, when saying God will be with us. And Jesus uses it again before his final commission at the end of Matthew's gospel. He says in Matthew 28, the end of verse 20, And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Right? Jesus says to his disciples, Hey, look at, look at this. Consider this. I am with you always. God is with us at the beginning of Matthew, and, and God is with us at the end of Matthew. I think Matthew might be trying to highlight something, don't you? Don't let this title of Emmanuel slip by you this Christmas. Think about this if you are a believing gospel Christian. If, if you are with Jesus, then you are with God because Jesus is God with us. If God is with you, then you can be near to God. You can talk to God in prayer. You can listen to God through reading his word, the Bible. You can follow God because he empowers you to do so by God the Holy Spirit. I'm not, I'm not trying to guilt you into doing these things. I'm just pointing out that God is with you. Are you with him? Are you mindful that he is with you? We, we get so busy with Christmas, don't we? But, but Christmas happened in order for God to be with us. So we need to be mindful to be with him and not crowd him out. We get so fearful as well of following God and going his ways because it can seem difficult. Or we just may be put in the weird books of other people. But, but if God is with us, we can be confident in following him, just like Mary and Joseph. No matter what anybody thinks or says, we can be confident moving forward with God because if God is for us, who can be against us? Nobody. No one that measures up to God anyway. So take off any limitations that you've placed on God and, and the justness that makes you feel worthy of him, right? That maybe culture sees as worthy and, and draw near to him 
Draw near to him and be amazed that God came to be with you. And if you have repented and believed in Jesus Christ, our Lord, then God is truly with you always and forever. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you that his coming means God with us. And not just for the 33 years that he spent on this earth, but always and forever when we put our faith and trust in him and him alone for the forgiveness of our sins, to be made innocent before you. Thank you for that reality that we can enjoy because of Christmas. Help us to meditate on these things as we move through this season. For we ask it in Jesus' name, amen.